Good evening, Dennis. <laughs> Hello. You seem to Hello. still be around. Hello. 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 It is a. It is Eric at the happy hour. Yeah. Oh, I got the smitics tonight. Mm. Irish here had drink enough but Yes. You're a smitics drinking fool. One in the hand, one in the bush, one in the drift. I swear we've done this exact intro before. Exact with the smithics. And well. Yeah. Well, this anyway. Yes. This isn't really episode 67. It's a repeat of episode 44. Well, do you know what episode number we're really up to? No. 69. 69. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Last night I saw, again, Goodwill Hunting. There's a, a place in the in the movie where he's being interviewed by a psychiatrist who's played perfectly by George Blimpton. Mm-hmm. And Matt Damon is playing him because he knows he's, he's he thinks he's gay, I guess. And as he's laying there and starting to talk about what he's feeling and what he's thinking, he starts talking about going to a club. And and, the, and then the music starts to pound. Do, 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 do. And as he's laying there with his eyes closed dancing, the psychiatrist gets quite interested. And, and in a moment, he storms out. But that reminded me of that, that thing that just happened. Reminded me of that scene. I'm surprised that you could come up with a scene in Good Will Hunting that I don't recall. Because I watched it like seven times uh, for, a, for a movie studies class. Like right when it came out, we had to choose a, a movie that was in the in the cinemas at the moment, and so I ended up going to see that a whole bunch of times, and then writing a really shitty paper about why it was a clever movie or something. But well, it it it, it received innumerable awards, as you probably know. But the one of the most interesting is the best actor for Robin Williams, mm-hmm. and and you know, and the, the stuff with he and Matt Damon is. Yeah, that's it's some of the most powerful incredible. cinema. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and the story about it that when Sean is Will about his wife and says that she's defiant yeah. to sleep. Yeah, that that was pretty much ad libbed, and Robin Williams was so funny that Matt Damon was hysterical. Right, and it's one of those moments that when you saw it in the movie, not knowing that. You thought, wow, this is just tight stuff here. Right. right? That's some great acting. Out right. That he couldn't he couldn't believe he was hearing it. He was on camera. It was recording. And then they had lived it back into the back into the script a little later or wrote it back, wrote it in the script. But right. it's it's astounding also for me. And I, this, I saw this last night, so it's fresh in my mind, is Casey Affleck mm-hmm. and how incredibly subdued he is and yet exuberant at the same time, a character not to be missed unless he wants you to miss him because he's not the center of attention. Interesting. It's And, and to know now <clears throat> what he became in terms of his Academy Award for Best Actor, that was in 1918 or 1919, I think. Are you talking in about a movie. Casey Affleck has, a, has an Oscar? You're not talking about Ben Affleck. No. Ben doesn't have one as far as I know. All he has is the writing on Good Will Right. Hunting. Well, that's not just, but yes. Oh, yeah, sure. He was nominated for the Academy Award. Awards and nominations... Wow, there's a whole Wikipedia page for awards and nominations for KCF Fleck. Oh. Manchester by the Sea. I've not seen that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is... It I, is... I've heard it's super depressing. 
I, that is not the first okay. edge, uh, uh, description that comes to mind. It's riveting. It's okay. immersive. It's totally believable. It's amazingly crafted. It is paced. It is just marvelously underplayed. The whole movie is underplayed. Okay, well, I will watch that. Michelle Williams is uh, a star uh, in it, mm-hmm. plays his wife. Much more than that, you don't need to know. But what's well, and so look for this, even though we'll talk about this afterwards, I suppose, is that what I'm talking about in Goodwill Hunting and his ability to underplay and to be just the right vibe orchestrated with the entire scene that this is exactly what is so awarding of his performance throughout this movie hmm. is just how he he's just this person You're right he's 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 real he's 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 as real as could be well that's the goal of acting yeah i see michelle williams was nominated for brokeback mountain i recall her in and Blue Valentine and My Week with Marilyn and Manchester by the Sea, but has never won an Oscar. But well, she's, she's quite she's quite talented. Yeah, I mean, you don't get nominated four times without right, talent. Right. I right. mean, how many times have you been nominated for an Oscar, Dennis? Once. Once? Well, Once. that means you have just the bare minimum of talent, I think. <laughs> that's, prob- that's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> one, one nomination would be the bare minimum. There's a lot of actors out there that might take exception to that. But yes, I agree, I agree. Mercy, well had an interesting uh, a tough decision was made yesterday to cancel for the first time in many 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 years our annual fishing trip to the salmon river yep just not in the cards yep 2020 lodge has been closed they'd have to open it up for us not all of us want to go i put it out there and out of the blue in this conundrum comes this marvelous communication from bev the the owner of pond lodge in Pulaski, New York, and she says, you know, we hope you're good. We hope your family's good. We are. The lodge has been closed for many months. We'll certainly open up for you if you want to keep your plans. That's up to you. But otherwise, we can just give you a refund. And there's a no-refund place. That's Book the that's, in advance. Right. That is the— it's just so wonderful. Right. It's such an honorable thing to do, especially in this time where— they must be struggling with income. Oh, oh they definitely right. So they they have put their their honor and your trust in them over getting an extra couple thousand dollars or whatever yes, it was. Yes, yes. So that's that's very friendship noble. and graciousness rather than pecuniary gain. Mm, noble, noble. I would say pecuniary versus noble. You gonna close that door so we don't hear no, people she's walking not, out? She's a, she won't come back. Unless I yell to her. Hey, no. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, whatever. Hey, Dennis. Hey, hey. I was editing some episodes a couple episodes ago, and you just threw out there that you sort of believed in and had stories about spontaneous combustion. I was wondering if you could, yes, yes, could enlighten us. Yes. So. Some so fiery I, I anecdotes. See, uh, I had I had in my possession a book written in the 1960s, probably about 1966, 1968, that was dedicated uh, to the subject of people bursting into spontaneous flames mm-hmm. and other related <clears throat> phenomena, other things bursting into flames. Spontaneity right. of, 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 of flames flame is, is the main topic. But it had in it black and white pencil drawings of what it looked like 
when the people had burst into flame. And that was the riveting part of it. That was the riveting part of it, which stays to me today. Mm -hmm. And if you Googled it, just pencil drawings of what a spontaneous combustion in humans, maybe maybe you could find it. And and I will see it for the first time in over 40 years. Yeah. So I, I remember back when they, back in the 80s and early 90s, when they had those like unsolved mysteries stuff on TV yeah, yeah, where yeah. and UFOs and that was when the X-Files was really popular and yeah, yeah. all of this like science doesn't even have any clue about what what's really out there that sort of material and which sold you know gangbusters like they, they made a whole bunch of money making that sort of material but I think the actual evidence was pretty weak oh no 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 you've got that wrong the evidence is not weak. There are pictures, there are investigations, there are published police reports. This happens. This isn't evidence is weak. Jesus. Not the case. Okay. Not the case. I've made my what? way I've made my way to occultopedia. Well I guess I, this is what they call the, the dark web. And I'm gonna share <laughs> some images with you if you can if you can put on your glasses and figure out how to look at the chat thing and okay. then remember to to learn how to close it. So the first one's kinda of funny. Whoa. Crap. That's pretty good. I like the boots still walking with the smoke coming out of them. You can see the image of the man in the smoke. What do he look like? All right, is there another one? Oh, by the way, the the, the the picture of the bears eating the Boy Scouts finally came through. That that from last episode. I know I, I couldn't get it big enough to see it for some reason. It's it's delightful. Oh god. Okay, so for some reason my screen has gone all white and we might need to hang up and I can call you back because I don't know what the hell's going on with my computer. It's, yeah. We will pause briefly and see you shortly. So, is this the sort of pencil drawing that you yeah. remember yeah. seeing of? Oh my God! Yeah, except this... I remember, it might have been a photograph. I think you should. Pr Did you ask for drawings? You said pencil drawings, but hold on. There's, okay. a, there's another one. So get photographs. That's where I think it's at. There's another Maybe one that's, that's disturbing, but it's probably what you mean. Wow, my browser was upset. This is great content. Okay, so if I capture Problems. that and I capture, and then I save. So there's a thing over it, but. This is the creepy image from the from the web page that I'm on. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. That's the picture in the book. Exactly. That's one of them. And there's another one. A guy sitting in a he was sitting in an armchair in his living room. You'll yeah. find that one. No, it's here as well. That one is. Yeah. So the armchair. Yeah. So the send it to me. I haven't seen it in 40 years. Well, I mean, there's there's a guy that's. Well, all right. I mean, your electrical system just shorts and you burst you burst into flame just like your computer, right? right? Well, that's why we were talking about this was my was my computer. So, I mean, this is the other thing of a man in an armchair, but that's not it. Yeah. So, because that's like a cartoon or a drawing. Yeah, but whether, whether where this one is a photograph. I I have seen charred people in armchairs, but it's. So that's a piece of art that's for sale. Would you would you purchase it for me? You no, could put it in your office behind your chair. No, I would not. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, Wait, it's... lady's leg left after 
self uh, spontaneous combustion. Cool. I mean, okay. The chances of people alone bursting into flames, because I, I don't know that there were ever uh, cases where there were other people in the room and somebody just burst into flames. Yes. I think I, I think yes. it's mostly that they found yes. people all charred. No. And... no, no, wrong. <laughs> okay. Wrong. I read the book. Well, I read the book. It must be true. Pictures then. and more. You sh- you should be able to find the source of where that picture was first published, and it was in the book I had. Mm-hmm. So that was another way to get to the get to the bottom of this, get to the heart of the matter, because, you know, this could happen to you. In fact, it's somewhat likely. I mean, so it is summer I, and it's pretty warm. <laughs> that's but... why I bring it up with some hesitation, but with some perverse interest in how you'd react to it, since it may be coming your way. Yeah. So the the thing about all of this unexplained unsolved mysteries stuff from from the 80s or whatever if you had told someone in the 80s that really loved all of that stuff that in 40 years everyone was going to be carrying around a high definition video camera with them at all times that could switch to look at them or to film something that they were seeing all of those people would have been like yes finally we're going to find bigfoot we're going to find loch ness monster we're going to find all of this all of these phenomena the ball lightning all of these things that were die take your cell phone with you take a picture of the tunnel and being in heaven no i'm talking about the proposed phenomena that people have experienced here here on earth and they but it turns out that or or, you know the little green men the aliens if an if an alien spaceship landed on your yard the first thing you do is pull out your cell phone and start filming that's what we do Uh, and what turns out what has really happened with everyone having a camera is that we've discovered that n- none of that stuff is happening, but police are hurting us really badly, right? Right. It's actually a lot worse. Right. So people. it's not that we're seeing just how poorly the police are treating us, and we're not seeing how poorly the aliens are treating us. Did you see the report <laughs> that Trump is interviewed by Chris Wallace and what 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 is already a Lincoln Project commercial, I'm sure. And he says that both the Confederate flag and Black Lives Matter are just protected by the Second Amendment. And he equated them. The First Amendment. What? The First Amendment, yes. And, and equated them. And, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's beyond, it's beyond the beyond. But, I mean, he has no clue. He's also tired of it. He's never read a book or considered the... He has no empathy, so he can't imagine what it would be like to be someone else. So, so he's just he's just parroting back the words that he's heard said. Right. So did you did you read about the the interesting dynamic of the test he took, which he said it was an IQ test and it was very tough, and it actually was a test for dementia. Well, and that happened uh, a couple years ago, he said right? It was the last five questions are really tough. That if they were tough for him, it's because he's got some dementia. Yeah. And the speculation is well, it's either that or he's so fucking stupid. That he's bragging about how tough a test is when it really isn't tough, as if everybody is so stupid that they can't just bring the fucking test up on the screen. He's he's right. he's quite unintelligent right. when it comes to some of this stuff. No, yeah, yeah. I I swear we've maybe it wasn't with you, but I swear we might have talked about this like last year sometime because this this test like he took that like two years ago and was all proud about it and the questions. I gave that test to my five-year-old at the time, 
and and he was like he just you know like there were there were questions like what's taller a giraffe or a chipmunk you know that right. just things that if you are if you are suffering from dementia and are sort of yeah are not really all there uh, you might not get that one right well that's but, exactly why it's there right exactly because it's it's illustrative of the type of thinking challenge that someone with dementia has, obviously. But the whole, the whole, have you seen a Chris Wallace interview? It's worth watching in full. It, I've seen it, clips. It's, I've seen it's, clips. It's, it's, it, well, it, it's, it's astounding. And you've never seen, no one's ever seen, a president of the United States being interviewed and being told on camera by the reporter that what he's saying simply isn't true. Repeatedly and holding his ground. That's never been recorded in the history of, of the United States. That's and and it's and you know and for us it's like that's ah, just Trump. The new normal is so abnormal, right? That we like to say, well, can you imagine, you know, what would have happened if that if Obama had done that or whatever? And when you take one thing at a time and you do think about it that way, you realize that one of Obama's biggest damn controversy was wearing a fucking tan suit to a press conference. And how far we've gone with the normalization of nothing less than fucking freak behavior, freak, outrageous, treasonous fucking behavior, treasonous. He should be tried as a fucking war criminal that so many people in this country have fucking died. He said he's a war president. OK, you're a fucking war criminal, you fucking stupid fuck. Yeah, the war criminal thing is kind of tough, though, because. Well, check it out. How many people do you think were killed? by the war criminals who were convicted in Nuremberg for, for, for killing hundreds and hundreds of right. people. Right. My, my problem is that both George W. Bush and Obama qualify for breaching the, the rules of war in killing people. Oh, oh, Obama with the... With the, uh, with the drone strikes. The drone strikes and then George W., of course, with MWAs. <laughs> or no, no, no. What is it called? Again. Weapons of mass destruction. W. WMDs. WMDs. What's a, what's a WMA? Weapons uh, of mass. Awesomeness. That's what. Okay. Let's move on. That's what we have in this podcast. Which is what number? Sixty-nine. 69. Oh yeah. 69. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> so speaking of low golf scores, this past weekend. I played golf for the first time this year in Spain. On the coast? On the coast. And did uh, really poorly. I was in a tournament, and out of 77 people, I came in 77th. What you hit? Which I think means my handicap is too low. I like I, I played pretty well, but I hit a bunch of balls out of bounds. And that's just going to destroy so, your score. Yeah. But, you know, I did have the only shot of the entire round where the other three people in my foursome spontaneously broke out into a golf clap but was I, it a, you were on on a par five and two no 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 it was i had pulled my drive into the woods and there was a pond there and since i couldn't find my ball i could assume that the ball was had gone in the water which meant i had a drop but then i there were all these trees and i couldn't see the green really but i was back far enough about 80 yards such that i had enough room to get up over the trees up to an elevated green and how far I, was all it was from from my ball at that point? 80? 80, yeah. Oh, and, nice. And so I, I, I pulled out a sand wedge, which I had not, uh -huh. which I have not, when I pulled it out, I was like, well, I haven't hit this club in uh, two years. Let's see how this goes. 
and, and you hit it up on the fucking green. And I put it up right next to the hole. And all oh. the people up there were like, I couldn't see. I could sort of make out where the flag sort of was. And but they they all I heard from the green was like, uh-huh. I was like oh yeah, last wow. place in the tournament. Wow. But one of the shots of the day. Exactly. So, also on that same day, my friend John Rom, who I met a year and a half ago. Oh no, kidding. You didn't know that. No. Yeah, I've got a selfie with John Rom. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. and uh, he was he, he was powerful. He is now, as of as of the, the same day that I was last place in the tournament, he's now the number one golfer in the world. Yes, yes. And so I have, I have shaken his hand and Dublin, Ohio, at the memorial. Okay. Was what what is what he just won? Right, exactly. And my, so, I I actually had him sign a golf hat that I gave oh, cool. to my father. So that's pretty that's pretty perfect. cool to have. Because you don't often have selfies with the no. best in the world of anything. I just dug out of a box the pictures that I have of uh, me close enough to get a very nice shot of a practice round for the Ryder Cup when it was held in Michigan. And Tiger Woods, well, the American team, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, just the whole cadre. But, of course, Tiger in, in his prime. And I followed him for nine holes and jostled my way close enough to get some nice pictures and put them in a... A bustle frame, a bunch of different pictures, mm-hmm. and uh, then I went and followed the Europeans, and had a much better time, much better time. The Americans completely ignored the crowd. <laughs> no, no high fives, no autographs, just, just business, but somber and quiet. And the Europeans hugging kids, giving away balls, bringing kids out, cheering, you know, cool. doing stuff, talking to the crowd. And then when the American and I'm here, I am on the 18th green with the Europeans, and I watched the Americans who played the back nine, and I didn't see it obviously. They walked into the clubhouse, a corridor of people, all outstretched hands and books, everything, all outstretched, clamoring, yeah. and they walk right by. And I was on the 18th green, and one of the golfers from your, one of the Europeans, I remember who it was. If, if if I cared to dig that deep into my fucking cranium, but but he literally had a five or six year old child in his shoulders. Wow! And another guy was throwing balls to the boys, to the, the kids in the front. Of you know, the, not so much the ropes. I can't remember ropes as much as just. Sure. I think it was ropes probably. But I got to see that 18th hole and that fun with the march of the Americans to the clubhouse. In the background. What a contrast. From one from one uh, position. I didn't have to like run over and go see it was all right there. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a I wrote something about this. Who did I write it to? It might have been it might have been your father. He'd remember. Mm-hmm. Or else it became a, a off repeated story. But Carlo I was there with Carlos and he had bought Ryder Cup hats and I had the hat in my hand today because after some thirty years I've just got a new golf bag. Not new used. I got it for fifteen dollars. It's brand new. You'll see it. It's just gorgeous. It's well, just gorgeous. It, it's got to be newer than your other one. So. Well, and I thought, oh dear, there's no cover. I didn't notice that. No rain cover, and this back strap was missing. I didn't care. It's fifteen bucks. So I took the rain cover from my other one, which is jet black. This one's brown leather, kind of a beige, but the jet black looks fine. Snapped right on. It took the strap off, the black one, and that looked all right. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there was a hidden pocket that I didn't know had a zipper on it in the back of the new bag. And inside was the brand new strap, still in plastic. Wow. And the unused folded top to the back. Awesome. 
Awesome. So yeah, so I'm I'm actually going to play my first game this week. I'm going out by myself and play a nine, so I don't have to worry about any of the COVID nineteen stuff. Just go out there by myself. I'll get the first tee time and uh, give it a shot. You know, play two balls. If there's nobody behind me. And nice. See what happens. I've got a, a match set up with a buddy of mine in the next week, and I've said no twice, and then was busy with another group that I played with. But the last time, they're going to play with nine golfers. I'm like, no, man, I'm not, I'm not going someplace where there's nine people golfing. It's just, that's too many people. All gathering and trying to figure out the teams. and Yeah, that's that's a little too much. I'll do one-on-one or an organized event like you did that I'm sure was. But it was it wasn't fun like a tournament. It was over two days. Everyone was paired into groups of people more or less close to your handicap. And... You were told you have to come and go off at this time from this hole, and and then like you so the fin- only people and then you, you knew and then you finished and then everyone put their clubs in their car and left, and like there was no community right about or, it at all. It like, was just like we used to we used to finish and go to the 19th hole and the tournaments would have right beer parties and buffets and right and so the 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 19th hole of this particular course shut down last year sure and. And so there was just no camaraderie. There was no, let's all look at our results. It was just like a business transaction where you go uh-huh. and you're with strangers that you don't know that were, you know, various levels of, of niceness. So how was the competitive feel amongst the people you played with? Were you do people? I mean, pretty clearly out of the gate, I was I was not I was not uh, competitive, but because you were OB. Yeah, I. But like I was making. Like OB, I was making pars and bogeys plus the two strokes for OB, which, so like it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was totally hitting it wrong. It was just that the scorecard looked like shit. Was it was it a narrow course? Some somewhat, yes. Yeah. And also, and also, I had I had all of these, you know how some some days you hit a tree and it bounces out into the fairway, and other days you hit a tree. And it lodges it, it lodges itself right behind the trunk, so you can't possibly go anywhere. Yeah. And some days you have the good luck, and sometimes you have the bad luck. And this particular day, like individually, all three of the other people in my foursome came to me and said, "Man, you're having some really bad luck today." <laughs> like uh-huh. it wasn't just that I was uh-huh. pay- playing poorly; it was just one of those days right. where well, shit goes so, south. Well, uh, given that, other than that, you were hitting some pars, which was notable and recognizable. That meant that when you recovered. And ended up back into the fairway that you were on in two. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and, and, and so you, so you're hitting the shot out free and clear. You're hitting onto the green free and clear. You're lag putting and putting. And so they had to recognize, in order for them to say that you were having bad luck, they had to recognize that that's what it was, not lack of skill. Well, okay. So they might have thought that that I was that I had trouble hitting it straight, straight the first time. But they also could recognize that I had enough skill to get it onto the green from, you know, 170 yards out or whatever. But, but yeah, then it was just... And then I had some... I had at least one four-putt that's just bad luck, you know, and, and bad skill, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, I, I think they I think they understood that I, that I wasn't playing my best, but yeah. whatever. Well, but, but, but does that mean that you really... You probably didn't have that much fun. Good, good observation. Yeah, I didn't really know any of these people, and the one guy that I did sort of know was kind of a rule Nazi. Oh yeah. He was one of these people that's like, you might not know this, but 
and you knew it, of course. Right. Well, also, but or I knew it, but also, like it sort of went contrary to the way I've always played. Like, I've always been taught that when someone is on the tee driving, the place, the best place for you to be is back behind them, so you can get a clear view of where their ball is going, so that you know you can help help them see where the ball is going. To their and, left. Hmm. To their left. So that you're out of their line of vision. Well, well, when or, they swing. or or or, yeah. I mean. But, or far enough back. But, I mean, there's always going to be something in your line of vision. I don't know. This guy was very much like... Yeah, he uh, kept telling you to move? Yeah. And and then this one time, the guy that had hit previously we had walked with his with his club back to his bag, and the Nazi was about to hit, and he turned around and, and looked at, at the other guy. And the other guy was like, what? And he was like, oh, I wasn't sure if you were about to put your club back in your bag and make a bunch of noise while I was about to hit. And, and what language was everyone speaking? Spanish. Uh-huh. But it was just sort of this, like, okay, come on, guy. We're not. This isn't the, the the British Open here. We're so so. Tell me in Spanish what the rule Nazi said to the guy about making noise in the bag. Yeah, let's see. So so let me tell you my response in Spanish. Fuck you. Right. Exactly. Hit the ball. Who are you, Tiger Woods? Yeah. Do you so, want somebody out there with a plaque to be quiet? Hit the fucking ball, freak. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Is that Spanish? Close enough. Close enough. Amigo. There because all the all the all the Spanish words for for golf vocabulary are all just like badly pronounced English words. Like they have the word uh, for driver, they say they say drive, and for putter they say put, and for let's see they say bogey, doble bogey, you know all these things that are like uh, taken directly from English because that's you know the the Scottish invented the game. Right. Right. Which we've mentioned, uh, Robin Williams. Yes. Great, great. We've got that recorded somewhere. You can't, you can't talk about. I can't talk or think about the origin of the game without think without without going there and laughing, <laughs> laughing to myself because it is the most hilarious bit I think ever. Back to the news and the British Open. Did you see where Trump asked the British ambassador? <laughs> Hey, can you get me the British Open? Can yeah. you get the British Open to one of my golf courses so I can make a whole bunch of money? And if that had been the first thing he had done as president, it would have been crazy news. Like, oh my God, he's clearly trying to profit from being the president. Yeah. And now yeah. it doesn't even register it's third page. a blip it's... on what is what is uh, the new normal, like you say. Yes. Um... The new normal. And uh, I'm I'm just tired of it. And he is so stupid. He comes on television last night and he reads eyes on the paper, shuffling the paper, reading with his head down every word printed in front of him and reads it with not much affect. And you can tell when he's not reading what's there because he just repeats it. And and he said, it's a very big word. <laughs> I mean, just the stuff that shows that when he ad libs for a moment, he's just so stupid. He's just so unintelligent. Yeah. You know, he say the other day, I have to, I can't remember what it was, but it was an odd use of the fucking English language. And 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 as the, the the Lincoln project gets under his skin, I think we've exchanged the ad of yeah, the whisper talking. campaign against Trump. And now there's one released yesterday about Trump being paranoid about the Lincoln project. And it quotes him about and the title of it is obsessed nice 
Oh, it's. I will and, find that and put it in the show notes at well, happyhour.fm slash uh, 069. Subscribe to. They probably Lincoln published Post. it, though. It costs you any money if you don't want to give them any money. But it's nice to get emails and text messages from Steve Schmidt, mm. even though you know you're one of you know, a million that go out. But when, when, when Trump tweets in response to the Lincoln Project, in the next hour, they make 2 to $3 million. Yep, that's the power of his position. And so also uh, Joy Reid took over the post vacated on MSNBC due to the the canceling out what's his ass. Right. Chris in your face. Chris, oh, Chris talk over the top of you. Yeah, hardball. 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 But Joy and Reid. Matthews? Check it over. Chris Matthews, that's right. Nice. That's right. Dave's brother. Nice. The brothers. Nobody knows that. Yeah, who knows? Did you hear Trump said that nobody realizes that Lincoln was a Republican. <laughs> that not that, a lot that, of people knew that, that before. That shines I, such a light before, on his ignorance. Before I before I started talking about it, people didn't people didn't know that. It's like, who do you mean by people? Do you mean you? You didn't know that. Oh, that's God. so classic. It's like it's like looking through the fucking looking glass. It's just astounding to me. But you know, it's the it's the world we live in. But the the I've, I've been making calls for the. Democrats here in Kalamazoo, and they have this stupid fucking system where they just have names of people that are registered voters, and there's no data on them other than their phone number, and if somebody's ever talked to them, they might know which way they lean. I made 100 phone calls in three hours. I spoke to two people. One was a Democrat who simply said— You got 2% of people that would speak to you? Wow. That explains our listener numbers. One said, I'm a Democrat, and I'm voting Democrat, so— it's not like the call affected her or him, whichever it was. And the other person said, you're a volunteer with who? And I said, Democratic Party. He said, oh, boy, how'd you get my number? You don't want to hear what I have to say. I said, well, sure I do. And, and blah, blah, blah. And first question was, are you planning on voting in the, in the, in the, in the uh, primary? And he said, yeah, I sure am, but I ain't voting for any Democrats. And I said, okay. And uh, he said, I bet you you don't want to hear that. And, and I said, no, I'm not calling to disagree or argue with you. I just want to record your views. So the next question is, are you going to support Joe Biden? And he said, no, I ain't going to support a child molester. And I said, OK, well, I will say that's a definite no. And will you support for, uh, for members of Jeffrey Congress? Epstein's buddy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Donald fucking Trump. So that's the way it went. And I was in hindsight. I thought, well, I really could have engaged the guy. Although I'm certain that even though no one's ever said this to me in the very little, no training instructions, you just make the phone calls. I told them this weekend I wasn't going to do it. I said, you know, you want me to spend three hours. And, and if you want to give me numbers of people that you've got to have more data, right. you just can't have voters list. And then they, they give you this. They give you this thing where they say, well, and it's true. It's a piece of data. On average, we lost the last election to Trump on average because of two votes per precinct. So every vote, blah, blah, blah. Well, and that's that's true fact. The question is, do these fucking calls I'm making have an impact on that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, man, I got, I got this message from this guy. I forgot. Right. Maybe, you think? Find me some research. Yeah, like no one's no one's going to change their mind on the phone. I don't be, think so. Be like, so we well, I'm not going to vote for a child molester. And you say, well, actually, Joe Biden has never molested any children. And they say, oh, really? I, I thought he had. Oh well, never mind then. Maybe I will vote for him. That's never going to happen, no. because we're 
we're too say, oh, well, so do you think that the reason that Joe Biden is a child molester is because he seemed to get a kick out of his grandchildren watching the, the hair on his leg dry after he was swimming and used to rub it? And he'd say, you got it, buddy. That's it. We commented on that when it came up. We did. We did. You said it to me. You said it to me, and we talked about it on one of our shows. It was it's in the twenties. Uh, uh, that's got to be in the forties or fifties. Thirties show. Yeah. So. Well. Yeah. Like. It's he's not not a creep. Oh, that's not true. He's I mean, he's not. Yeah, not, you, we, we we talked about this where you say where you said not, oh he's just he's, he's just an old old timey grandpa, that. He's he's he is just a guy innocent. who's used to people liking him so much right. that he can say stuff and it's funny and it is. And if we're sitting there with Joe and we're having a beer and we're showing pictures of our grandkids and he tells a story that he told to the press because sometimes he just doesn't think maybe I shouldn't tell this story, which he's just so used to everybody laugh. If we were in a in having a drink of beer in in in, in Pittsburgh. And he was telling that story. We'd be laughing our asses off and saying, know what you mean. They're so funny and telling stories about what my grandkids said or whatever. Right. He's just a normal fucking guy. And just and, and with some, you know. But, but for some reason, we have this this bar that is so high for the Democrat nominee. It's so fucking low. And it is buried in the ground, deep, deep, deep in the ground for Whatever slug of a Republican wants to slime over it, it's just so, you know, unjust. Hey. Hey. I watched a movie last night. I heard about it on, on a podcast, and it's starring the now-recovered-from-COVID star Tom Hanks. He has a new... Greyhound? It, it was Greyhound, yes. It, it's, yet again, Tom Hanks is a soldier in world war ii like that's that's what he does now and on the podcast that i that i saw it on they they joked that when tom hanks becomes senile you're not gonna be able to convince him that he was not a participant in world war ii <laughs> because he has so many memories of the u-boats and the yeah and yeah. And, and the yeah. and the grenades yeah. and stuff but anyway this movie it's it's pretty much based on a true story i mean it, a lot of the stuff that happened in the movie it takes place over like 72 hours, right? Plenty, plenty to draw from. And it's apparently there were, you know, back in World War II, the if you were a boat going across the Atlantic, the airplanes could only go out so far with the amount of fuel that they had yeah. to, to, to provide you air right, cover. Right. And as such, there was this this big swath of the Atlantic called the Black Pit that you could not have air cover if you were there. Like apparently, like we didn't have aircraft carriers or anything like that. Right. So, so with that kind of range. Right. Well, I mean, an aircraft carrier you could sail it up there and then fly out of it, but like that just, I don't know, that that wasn't present. And so we, so there was this this like 72 hour period where you had to get from a place where you did have air cover to a place where you didn't, and not get killed by all of the submarines and stuff. Well, and, but it wasn't because there weren't aircraft carriers. There were aircraft carriers in World War II, it's that the range of the aircraft carrier, plus including the range of the airplane, gave you black holes all over the planet. There sure. was no way that, that, that... We didn't have enough aircraft carriers plus the range. Yeah. Correct. Right. And, 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 and certainly not enough 
to be able to go that far toward Europe, you know, and, and also a limited uh, number of planes. Um, sure. And the British had even worse situation. And if it weren't for the Germans' inability to be able to get over the channel with their airplanes and right. still have enough gas left to fucking do these bombings, it took a long time. And Germany was stopped. They were stopped at the English Channel. Right. And it didn't happen until later that they created the capability. World War II is nothing if not if it's not about the, the invention of machinery, war machinery that had never been invented before. The Americans, they had to create the amphibious uh, ships that boats that landed on the on the beach and their their guts opened up and poured out sailors and helicopters that bellies dropped down, you know, and carrying massive numbers. Those things were invented, invented and 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 developed uh, a lot by Ford which we learned in Ford versus uh, Ferrari, which is we're seeing twice. Holy shit. That's a yeah, good I, movie. I would like to, I would, I would like to see that again. That was especially with like headphones and a big screen. Cause oh. I think I, I saw that on a, on an airplane. Yeah. And I, right. and, and I think that could do with uh, a bigger yeah, screen. I saw it on a 56 uh, inch screen, but you know, I, I, British accents are tough. Australian accents are tough for me to hear because my sound system isn't so hot. I need to rig up a set of headphones for my television. But anyway, going back to, to the war, it's, we looking back, we can sort of forget that there was a really long period there where it was not remotely clear who was going to win the war. Like they, that people were predicting that it was going to last ten or twenty years, and oh, yeah. that it wasn't. It was very much a pivotal sort of thing that, you know, I guess with you know without the Russians, for example, I don't know that the Allies would have would have succeeded. But but that this this particular movie was. Uh, really well done in a fast paced you're on the edge of your seat the whole time the the protagonist is going all 72 hours with no sleep because every time you think everything is okay there's a there's an alarm going off somewhere and it was just riveting from start to finish and, and it went directly it. to streaming without going to the theaters which was crushing for hanks yeah and that's a thing that's going to happen more and more this particular one like again it comes down to if you want to see all the things, you have to subscribe to all the services. This particular one was done by Apple. So the Apple TV Plus is where you can see it. You can't see That's it on it. Netflix. You can't see it on Showtime. You can't see it in, on HBO. It's, it's just in one place. Which, you know, that's the way our economy is going in this particular thing. And yes, Hanks was very disappointed that, that no one was going to ever see it in a big cinema with a big sound system. I'm not uh, sure that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, uh, I have heard of, of Netflix. That way, that's for sure. I have heard of Netflix movies that have been shown in in cinemas, but it's not the same model. Like the whole, this is your box office revenue for your opening yeah. week, where this is how yeah. many dollars people spent to buy yeah. little paper sl yeah. tickets to go in to sit in a big yeah. place. Yeah, and especially now with COVID, like with with COVID, the idea of a cinema just seems yeah. ridiculous. And, well, and and the fact that we have this, the fact that that the economy has pushed us towards having this infrastructure where you can release movies not to the cinema. Sort of came in handy. It's like, it sort of dovetailed together. Yeah, right, right. Thank goodness for the industry. Otherwise, it would have been eliminated. Well, it's a bright, sunny day. I'm about to go outside and take my dust cloth and uh, dust off the front of my Mercedes, That's which I'm taking the top off, and I'm going to take it uh, for a spin. It's not for sale. I've got it all cleaned up and shined, 
Yeah. And uh, I'll send you some photos to post. Send me some uh, photos to post. And it's damn fun to drive with that top off. Damn fun. And it is fast. And one thing I learned in Ford versus Ferrari, it's a goddamn sports car. Drive it like a sports car. So I do. Fuck the police. Ah, 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 ah. No, no, I don't. And my mechanic said to me, "No, you gotta act, you gotta play the shift like it's a like it's a standard, low, L, S, uh, and then D." And so as I'm running through the gears, low, slow, drive, I think that's what they stand for. Then I can I get the tires to squeak when I'm shifting gears. So nice. I'm going from first to second, and it goes, and take right off. So we need some footage of this. You need to you need to have one of your kids to have a figure out how to mount either a GoPro or just a cell phone on the dashboard while you're tooling around, tooling around you tool. <laughs> what you doing? Tooling around, tooling around topless. Yeah. I took the top off. So I just tooling around. What's that in your hand? Oh, it's my toe. Tanner came over. The mechanic came over and the, 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 the Mercedes wouldn't start. I said, Oh my God, no what, what is the problem here? And, he comes over, he looks at something, he said, I see it's parked here in the in this dirt uh, garage you got. And I said, yeah, he said, that's not good for the for the car. There's too much moisture coming out of the ground. You need to park it in someplace where it's dry. And uh, I said, okay, what's your problem? He said, well, it's your starter. And he goes to his little Porsche that he drove into my uh, driveway, and he brings a wrench, and he holds the wrench up, and he says, this is the closest thing I have to a hammer. And he disappears underneath the car, and I hear a rap, rap, rap. He said, start it up. I started it right up. I said, what was that? He said, the starter, the moisture from the starter got it like uh, not rusted, but just stuck and hitting it, freed it up. That's what moisture does. There's not a lot of room in there. Uh-huh. So when these brushes get wet. It's not good. So you can't, they're wet from the moisture, the condensation. And so I put down a, a plywood and then a cardboard over the top of that. And so uh, anyway. You know what you should call him? Tanner with a spanner. Tanner with the what? Spanner. Is that a British term? That's what they call Span- wrenches. Spanner. Oh, really? A spanner? I think so. I never heard of that. I learned something new every day. Well, shit. Well, shit. Yeah. Uh, spanner definition is a wrench. Chiefly British. So that's a British thing. You can call him, yo, oi, a tunnel with a spanner. He had a what? He had a wrench. He had a what? He had a wrench. A what? He had a spanner. Exactly. Tanner with a spanner. What was his name? Tanner. Oh, you all remember it this way. Just remember this. It was Tanner with the spanner. Aye. Oh, you remember it? You know If he gave it to his girlfriend, it'd be a wedge with a wrench. There you go. Well, well, that's it. And time's up. That time's up. That's all I got. It's one way to end a happy hour. Spanner or a wedge. With the wrench. Okay, that does it for episode number 6969. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 069. In those show notes, you will find things such as a link to the cognitive test that Trump did so well on. How do you compare? What a fun way to spend an afternoon. You can help support us at patreon.com slash happyhour. We will see you next week.